Hello, my name's Paul, and this is Legacy Tales. During lockdown, I've set myself a challenge to interview people and discover their amazing life stories. This month, I'm joined by Lee Marsland, evangelist at Counties UK and community pastor at Impact Community Church in Greater Manchester. And this is his legacy tale. Okay, wonderful. Okay, welcome back to the Legacy Tales podcast. Uh, my name is Paul, and I'm joined by another wonderful guest today. So I'm just going to get them to introduce themselves. Please tell us your name and what you do for a living, please. Hello, everyone. My name's uh, Lee Marsland. I'm, uh, I'm an evangelist for counties. I'm also um, a community pastor at Impact Community Church in Greater Manchester. Um, and I just love the Lord. Fantastic. Thanks, Lee. Thank you so much for uh, joining me today. It's a privilege to have you on. Uh, we've already chatted uh, for quite a bit, catching up on how things are going. Uh, it's been a privilege to uh, work alongside you. And um, you, you say you work for a church, so how are things going in lockdown? Uh, well, uh, you know, it's crazy because we, you know, I think it, 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 it hit everybody by surprise. I don't think anybody thought it was going to do the damage. I think, you know, I was certainly one of those that was thinking this would come and go before anything would happen. And obviously we was wrong. Uh, but it, it kind of, I suppose it, it, it caused us to really pull our socks up, if I'm honest, as a local church. Uh, it, it exposed a lot of needs in the community that the church probably wasn't addressing. Sure. Uh, so we, we, we quickly had to adapt. I, I would definitely say, you know, we, we learned how to adapt quickly. Uh, we wanted to be a, a, a real sort of tangible expression of God's love. During all this, there was a lot of people contacting us. Uh, we, we had quite a lot of people uh, suicidal. There's a lot of people that was, you know, struggling with mental health and depression. Um, so we had to, we, I suppose we just had to really adapt quickly as to what this church in Oldham was going to do to kind of combat what, what was happening in the world. And you were telling me before uh, I pressed record that, Actually, you've been helping uh, people in a really practical way as well, even in the last month or so. Yeah. So what, what, we, what we started to do is we started to recognise straight away that people were losing jobs. Not everyone was qualifying for furlough and, and everything else. So we, we, we kind of put it out there. We put the feelers out, did a couple of recorded videos and went live on Facebook and just said, look, this is what we believe in God for, that you know, there's enough food in the world. Um, so I'm appealing. So we, appeal, we do appeals for food. There was people that uh, were losing jobs. We, we did appeals for furniture and all, anything that was coming up on our radar. We was managing to get donations, uh, feeding people all the time. So we, we've always reached out around food anyway, but never on this scale. So, I mean, you, you're talking in the thousands now of parcels that we give out. So we give out every day. We, we supply so we, we used to have a homeless shelter at the church right. uh, because it wasn't big enough to social distance and self-isolate. Uh, the council came up with a, an initiative to put them up in hotels around Greater Manchester because all the hotels were closing down. So we jumped on board with that and we became sort of like the hands and feet and the, the support network. Uh, 
and that meant we, we were going down doing welfare checks, uh, going down praying for people, taking food, clothes, toiletries. Uh, we opened the church as a bit of a crisis centre so that people could come in. Uh, when it was when the first lockdown came and it was really intense and we, we was only allowed a little skeleton team, right. a lot of it was queues at the doors and letting them in one by one for showers and, and things right. like that. So we, we kind of literally just stripped the church because our church hall is in two halves. So upstairs is a sanctuary where we worship right. and downstairs is all the community. So we have showers, kitchen, uh, function rooms. So we, we just literally said, right, you know, this is what it's going to be now. We, you know, let's turn it into a distribution centre. We want food coming in. We want it to go straight back out. Anything that comes in, we want it to be what's needed. We didn't want to try fall into the trap of becoming overloaded with stuff and we couldn't get rid of no. it. So we wanted to, you know, we, we had to create a database of people that were contacting us from all different streams, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, uh, emails, uh, Snapchat. We was getting messages left, right and centre, get people, lots of people nominating. Um, but in the middle of all that as well, there was a real opportunity, not just to the community, but to local businesses and local agencies like the council to share the gospel. So I've been in meetings. Um, I, I had the privilege of, of, of having a meeting upstairs in church and, and, and they asked me to, to just share for five minutes of, of kind of our vision. Well, you know, without, you know, in the middle of our vision is the gospel. Yeah. So I, 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 I give me an opportunity to preach the gospel to all the counsellors um, and, and just say, you know, this is, you know, this is who we are. You know, we're, we're a Bible believing church. We believe that, you know, God loves everyone. And we, and we just, you know, we just got this opportunity. It, it's kind of really opened some doors for us as a local church. A lot of people re referring people to us all the time. Lots, right. lots of people, um, you know, sending us uh, different people that we've got certain issues. Uh, we've even had one guy we're working with who does actually believe he's Jesus. He actually believes he's Jesus. He, he you know, he's, he's got some severe mental health problems. We love him and we're trying to love, the, love him through it. But he's adamant he is Jesus. And, you know, it's like, it's crazy because, you you know, you, you love the Lord and you don't want him to be mocked. But mm. I, I can't help but feel for this guy where, you know, where, where, you know, where the balance has been tipped. But oh. the council have sort of thrown him at our toes. But, we've you know, we've done some really good work with him. And he's, you know, I, I do believe that as we carry on working with him, you know, God will do, do a work in him. A yeah. real work. What I see in all that is someone who's seeking God, who's who wants some kind of peace in his life, and he's just a bit confused. But you know, we're working with all types of people, and and it takes all types of people as well. Yeah, that's amazing. That even in a crisis, uh, even in this pandemic, that actually what you've seen is that things are now busier than ever, and being yeah. actually really practical and helping uh, people at their actual point of need um i wonder if we can uh, rewind the clock back because uh, i want to get to know lee a little bit more uh, through this podcast yeah. i hope so let's rewind the clock what's your earliest memory then of church you now spend an awful lot of time there but what's your earliest yeah. memory of it so, so my earliest memory of church goes way back before i was a christian so i came from quite a broken home and i, I was being abused as a child and um, one of my safe havens, so I went to a Catholic school and one of my safe havens was uh, to go to church during the day. I didn't believe in anything. I didn't kind of pursue a faith, 
but there was an element of feeling safer and protected. And I think my first, my first expression was as a child. It, it, it was a, as a, it probably in the infants where everybody reached out to me and, and kind of offered me some kind of support. And that was through like the Catholic Church. So I think that was my, probably my first expression of church. Right. Okay. So you've um, experienced church as a child. Uh, how does that translate then as you go through life? But do you know what? It, it, it didn't. That was the thing. It, it didn't translate at all. I didn't find a connection. I, I, I couldn't. I could put my finger on at any time where that experience helped me in the future. But what what it did do, I suppose, it gave me an underlined sort of grey area respect for the cloth. I suppose I don't know. Right. You know, I, you know, I had a mindset that you know there were certain people that I wouldn't disrespect. One of them being a priest, because there was a there was something in my mind that that said this was a, a man of authority. So I, I think it instilled a level of respect. Right. But it was definitely the way my life panned out down the future that led me to where I needed to be. So tell us more then. What did happen then along the way? You've got a respect for the cloth, you say. Yeah. But what happens then along the way? Well, through, through the process of the journey, you get involved. See, I, this is what I believe, Paul, and I don't believe anyone's different. I think we're all seeking something. So mm. we find it in drugs, we find it in alcohol, we find it in sex, we find it in all these things that give us some kind of false security or false hope of, of, of something better. But yeah. it, I tried all them things and it was just temporary. It was just, um, it, it just made, it, it was counterfeit. It wasn't the real deal. You know, the problems were gone. At, for a short time, but then they'd all yeah. come back with a few more added. And it was, I think my pursuit of happiness was was leading towards that because I was, you know, I hated my life. I was very suicidal, always trying to, I jumped in front of a bus, literally jumped in right. front of a bus. It was just about to hit me and it swerved and it offence. Uh, I took tablets with a, bit, a quarter bottle of vodka and all it did was sober me up. I, and I felt like I was even a failure at trying to kill myself because it, it wouldn't work. But I later knew that God had a different plan for my life. I didn't understand that right then. I just felt like I felt so rejected by life. I mean, wh why should I live on the streets at 11 years old? Why did nobody come and get me? Why, why, why did no one come and tell me they loved me? Why? There was all these things that were rolling around in my mind. But the, the thing was, it was all part of that journey, though. Do you know what I mean? They're all part of that journey. And when I, when I came to that place of realisation, it was the, the one thing that I was looking for, which was love, was the one thing. See, nobody preached to me. Nobody told me about the gospel, but but somebody did say to me once, they shouted, I was walking up the street with a cocky attitude thinking I could take the world on. And a guy shouted me back. He said, Mars, Jesus loves you. And I, and I got dead angry inside. I thought, flipping heck, I've not seen you for years and you're telling me Jesus loves me. You know, you're supposed to be my mate. And when I was stood on a motorway bridge when I was 21, ready to jump off, that's what I heard. I heard them words in my heart, Jesus loves you, Mars. And it, it brought me... It opened something up in me and I just, I ended up walking in the rain. I lost my coat, I lost my shoe and I, I was just walking around and I got to this, um, I got to my friend's house about two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, knocked on his door and um, he opened the door, the lights were still on and I just fell to the knees, it was raining and I just started crying. I said, Ian, this Jesus guy, I said, is he real? Will he save me? And he came in, but that weren't even the miracle. The miracle was, I used to think that his mum hated me. 
Yeah, I used to think that his mum hated me, and she was in the front room just praying, just praying for me. Lord, save Marsland. She didn't know I was at the bridge. She didn't know I was at the door. And I, but it was that what struck a chord in me. That something, something else. So I'm just, I'm on a podcast. It's all right. It's all right. We can edit that, can't we, surely? Yeah, it's fine. I just went to the house and she was like, Lord save Mars. She was had her hand on a on a on a big sort of what they call fireplace. And I looked at her and, and, and the look that she had in her eyes was like it was this proper mum look, you know what I mean? And she just grabbed hold of me, started hugging me, and she was hugging me for ages, and it was like the, the walls were just breaking down. Do you know what I mean? It was like God was doing the work for this, for this physical compassion, this this physical expression of God's love was just pouring out through her and I just began to break and I just remember never wanting this hug to end and she wasn't ready to break this up. I, I could tell that she was just waiting for me to stop and she kept hugging me and then she invited me to church and I felt like, I even said to her, I said, surely I can't go to church, look at me, I'm a filthy drug addict. Um, I mean, you have to understand I was in and out of crack houses and living on the streets and in and out of jail. I thought, who, who would want me? And I thought, if I go to church, because my impression at church by then was very judgmental, a lot of do-gooders that are going to wave the finger. So I was, I was afraid to go because it was going to be another part of rejection that I didn't want to face. So I went to church and everybody was like, I'd never I'd never seen anything like it, Paul. Everyone was like, oh, are you all right? Oh, hugging me. And I'm thinking, this is weird, this. this I thought, is it a cult? Because everyone's so nice. So your perception then was not the reality then? No, case. not at all. My, my perception was that it was going to be a load of do-gooders that were just going to be fakely nice, but judge me for doing what I'm doing and, and tell me that I shouldn't do this. And But when I went in, it was so the opposite. It was just raw love. The compassion that I felt, I felt, you know, I know now that it was the Holy Spirit, but I could feel something when I walked in. Right. I had no connection. I'm a first-generation Christian in my family. Yeah. I had no connection with the Holy Spirit, but I could feel something was different, a physical feeling. It were all over me and I thought, kept thinking to myself, why do I feel like this? Like I'm just going to burst out in tears. And then uh, a guy from Canada, I can't remember his name, this was 1999, got up to preach a message. I, I didn't even know people preached. I just, <laughs> I went to a Catholic church where they just read the Bible. Right. They read a scripture. And suddenly this guy starts preaching about my life. It was like my life. He was talking about everything he was, he was going on about, everything was what I was going through, how I felt the rejection, the hurt, the brokenness. And then he just, he did an appeal. Is there anybody that doesn't know Jesus? From brain to hand, he just went up. Because the body were that desperate to just, I hated it. And yeah. I just received Jesus that night. It, it was just amazing. Absolutely <laughs> amazing. That is amazing. Because I wonder if you are listening to this podcast right now and, you do feel a bit like that. You do feel rejected. You do feel as if, why would God love me? Then obviously your story Lee, is one of, that is exactly how you felt. In those days, you felt rejected. You felt yeah. broken. It, life wasn't worth it. And yet suddenly things change. Yeah. And I, I just pray yeah. if you are listening to this right now, take that message to heart that God does love you, that no matter what the day holds out for you, there is a God out there who loves you and that he died on that cross for Absolutely. you. And if he changed someone like you, Lee, 
then that means that there is hope for everyone, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can change anything and anyone. It's amazing. I mean, I, I just love God. He's, he's just so amazing. It doesn't matter. Do you know, the thing about the pre, the pressure comes off when you give your life to God because God knows everything. Sure. He knows every secret, every dark place, every bright place. There's nothing, no, nothing. You can't pull the wool over God's eyes. And I needed that. I needed yeah. that realism. I needed that connection on that level because I was just so hurt. So, I mean, rejection, it's like, it's, it's, it's like a cancer, Paul. It, it, it consumes your whole being and yeah. it, it kills you off bit by bit, slowly but surely. And you, you double think everything and you feel not good enough and not worthy. And, and you know what? The, 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 the realisation that I had is that, you know what? This is the brilliance of God. None of us are worth it. But it's his amazing grace. It's everything about what he did, not about what Matt, yeah. So I got out, I got dealt a, a tough hand in life, but I'm not the only one. But I know I'm more fortunate than most because I'm here now, you know, mm. washed in his blood, covered by his grace. I know I've got favour. I know I'm loved. I, you know, all them things that I was unsure of, I'm sure of. I know that God's got a plan. I know that he's got, He's got my back. He, he, he's looking out for me. You know, he blesses me all the time, even when I'm not asking. Do you know yeah. what I mean? He's just full of, you know, you know, he's a perfect example of, of love. He is what love is. It's not just an emotion. It's it's God itself. It's, it, he is love. You know, everything about, you know, I, you know I, I can't preach about the love of God without being reminded very quickly about how that love of God rescued me. Yeah. How that love of God saved me. It didn't just heal me spiritually. It saved my life. Yeah. I know that I would not be here now if it wasn't for God. I'd be either doing life in prison or I'd be dead because I was on self-destruct, Paul. Yeah. Everything was just autopilot. I had no purpose, no hope, no nothing. I was empty. I was literally, it was dead inside. But then God came in yeah. and he changed all that. He took the Bible says that he takes a heart of stone and makes it into a heart of flesh. And that's what he did. My heart was so hard. I wouldn't think twice of going, just attacking someone or going, doing something I shouldn't do. Now it's like, I can see someone walking past the street, looking upset and it, it breaks my heart that I feel like someone else may be struggling in it. And it urges me to go and share the gospel with them, to share that love, that same love that God gave to me. I, you know, I know that. I have a duty to share that same experience with people. Can't afford not to. Because I was going to ask the difference in your life, and it's clear as day that there is no hope in the Lee before he goes no. to that bridge. And yet no. now your life is full of hope. Now, yeah. lots of people may say, oh, well, you know, you found something and it's made you happy. But what I'd like to know is really what real impact has it made in your life knowing that jesus is a part of your life now oh it it, it just it's um, made an amazing amazing impact on my life it's changed me completely i mean you know the bible says that he take you know he restores the years that the locusts have stolen yeah. everything that was my heart's desire you know family children house job all these things just wanting to not be not be super ordinary, but if honest, just I, I want it. I didn't look past being ordinary. I just wanted to do things that people had in life, and yeah. and, and and God just I saw, I just watched it. I felt like I was just sitting back, what on, on the ride, just watching God yeah. fix all these things in my life, and 
you know, I have an amazing job. I'm part of a mate. Well, I help to pastor a church now. And, and, you know, I am married and I've got kids and I've got all these things. and I'm in ministry and all these things, uh, real deals. And people have said to me over the years, yeah, but that works for you. And, but, you know, that's what, you know, where you found and, and, and you know, but that's all right for you. And I've said, no, you need to understand, yeah, that I don't come from a, a background of religion. I don't have no concepts. I have no thought process that would ever have ever led me down that path because I'm, 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 it's just me. I'm a first generation Christian. I, I, I didn't have anything to, to look at. I didn't have anything to base it on. It was the power of the love of God that came in. It came down. Jesus literally left the glory and splendor of heaven and came down to earth and rescued us. Yeah. The gospel is so powerful. But the thing is, with the gospel, Paul, it, re it requires a response. When you hear the gospel, and I don't mean when you hear it, when you hear it in here, it causes yeah. a response. You will never, ever be the same no. when you respond to the gospel. And that's what changed me. There was I don't know what God has got for me down the line, but what I know is that he's dealt with me past. Yeah. All charges have been dropped. He's dealt with it. I'm a new creation. I'm not a drug addict on recovery. I'm not an alcoholic in recovery. I'm a brand new creation, like the Bible says. The old has passed away, the old the new. Yeah. Whatever has happened in the past is gone. If God has forgotten about it, then why should I keep hold of it? I'm just looking forward now. And I'm, I'm excited about what God wants to do. And if he chooses to use me, wow. But I'm happy just being on the ride, the ride with God and watching him just move. And in the 20 plus years that you have been a Christian, life has changed forever and i just if you are listening to this listen to this story the man who had no hope is now filled with hope is filled with joy the past as you said is a forgotten country yeah and now there is a future and a hope in him just one final question lee and i'll try and do a run-up to it to give you enough time to think about it you see, I wonder when the day comes through and the news comes in uh, from Manchester that uh, sadly uh, Lee has gone to glory. Uh, he's gone, gone to heaven. Uh, I wonder, Lee, what would you like your legacy to be? What would you like people to remember you for? I mean, you say you've got family, you've got children of your own as well. That gives a real sense of wanting to leave something behind, doesn't it? So I wonder what would you like your legacy to be? You know what? It's funny you said that because I, th I think about this a lot. And, you know, I think, you know, when, when the Bible says, you know, when Jesus is being baptised and, and, you know, the, the clouds open and, and, and God says, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. What I would love is that people would just recognise that I love God. Mm. They knew me for, for, for loving God. Yeah, that whenever... Yeah. My name's mate. I'm filling up now. Whenever my name is mentioned, I want Jesus's name to be mentioned as well. Yeah. That that's that's a legacy. I want to leave Jesus. I want to leave a sure, clear path to the cross. Yeah. I want I want my life to reflect that. I'm not there yet. I'm not perfect by any means. But you know what? I want the legacy to. I, I want it to lead to the cross. That's what I want. That's amazing. Definitely. The the man who loved Jesus. I think that is a perfect way to uh, end this uh, podcast. Lee, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast, mate. I really do appreciate you taking oh, time out for me. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Let Bless me, you, mate. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye.
that was amazing. I just want to thank Lee for taking time out of his busy schedule to be part of this podcast. And if you'd like to know more about Impact Church and the work that they do, go to facebook.com forward slash ICC Oldham. If you would like to talk about the Christian faith and how you become a Christian, please do get in touch with me on the podcast via social media or by email at paul.davis at countiesuk.org. Thank you so much for listening. Please like and share this podcast with those around you and subscribe so you don't miss another one. I'll see you next time for another Legacy Tale.